Hello, everybody. Welcome to the NTG Place Podcast. I am your host, Corey, and with me, like always, is James. How's it going, James? Hey, I'm doing good. How are y'all doing? And uh, today we're joined by a special guest, the uh, Level 1 Magic Judge, Stack. How's it going? What's going on, everybody? How are we doing? Uh, Before we jump into uh, our show today, I'm going to read a couple sponsors here. Uh, the first one is Zencaster. Zencaster is an all-in-one podcast production suite that gives you studio quality audio and video without needing all the technical know-how. Of course, each guest locally that uploads crystal clear audio and video right into the suite so you have high-quality raw materials to work with. Um, if you're interested in signing up for Zencaster Premium, uh, you can use offer code zen.ai slash the MTG place to get 30% off. Uh, second sponsor is we have a TCG Player affiliate link. We know you're going to buy Magic cards anyway, uh, so you might as well click our link in the show notes. Also can be found on our website, mtgplace.net. Um, and by going over there, it just lets them know that we sent you, and then when you check out, we, you know, it helps us support us. And lastly, the final way you can support us is with Patreon. Uh, if you sign up over there, we have different membership offers as low as $1, and that goes directly to support our content. And we have a Patreon role in Discord you can get. Uh, plus, you can you know, play magic games with us and all sorts of cool stuff. And if you sign up before the end of the year, me and James are going to send you a signed card in the mail. Yes, indeed. All right. On to uh, some magic news here. Uh, the Arena Open is going to be Cube this weekend. Hell yeah. So Who doesn't like sweet. some Cube? Yeah, Cube Draft on Arena. Cube draft is best draft, so yeah. <laughs> I don't know if there's been a major cube event since like the two th- early two thousands. Like one of the first like pro tours was like a cube vintage cube draft. <laughs> yeah, the only time I've ever done cube was just like at your house. <laughs> okay, I've never been to a cube event myself, so I can't say one way or the other. Yeah, so and, and like, granted, like we always would just have it proxied too because we don't own like Power Nine and stuff, so. <laughs> <laughs> We're not that rich. Yet. Yeah, yet. <laughs> and then also on Arena, the Alchemy Brothers War is coming out. I mean, I don't really care for Alchemy, but some people do. Um, and then there's the Explorer Anthology 2 is being released, which is slowly getting Pioneer on Arena then, because Explorer is just every card that's Pioneer legal that is on Arena. Yeah. So. Pioneer could be pretty cool, like once they actually get the library for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure it's a, a slow plan to, you know, add Pioneer, and then after that, what well, would be Modern, and then after that, yeah. it'd be, okay, Legacy. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, I mean, until you get, get every modern, card in there. If they yeah. can get Modern, like, fully on Arena, that would be amazing. Like, I would fucking play Modern. I mean, Legacy, too, obviously, that's, like, our main, like, one that we used to play. Like, Legacy would be sick, but that's a lot of cards to add, so that's probably going to be a while. <laughs> I'm just ready for that. Add the modern cards for Brawl. Yeah, there you Historic go. Brawl. Yeah. I've been playing Historic that pretty Brawl. heavy. Mm-hmm. I just don't like the alchemy cards being added into it. That's the one thing about it. Yeah, I don't really care for the alchemy cards for it. I'm like, all right, whatever. It's like, but, uh, um, I guess. Just like the digital only <laughs> card space is just weird to me. It's like, okay, I play this and I get like a piece of power shuffled in my deck, and then I can keep flickering this and keep doing that. Like, what? Yeah, yeah, that or like actually gaining this ability or losing this. Ability. Yeah, 
uh, like there's I think one card I ran into that this card perpetually loses its ability, and if they target your commander with it, your commander's dead. Like, right. It's just like yeah. okay. Defeat the purpose. Like, wow. Like, like, I mean, I'm, the commander's dead. Boo. <laughs> yeah, like, the other thing. Awesome way to hose a deck. Yeah, the other yeah. thing that's weird to me with the the historic brawl is it's a hundred card singleton with whatever's legal in arena, but you're still only twenty five life. It's like at that point, why not just make it arena commander and just give me forty life? <laughs> yeah, they're they're literally like almost there. Just give me forty life so. and give me like a commander, and then that's it. <laughs> I think the reason why though is because commander isn't directly under Magic the Gathering or under Wizards of the Coast. It's its own rules advisory group. I think that's the only reason. That's why it's on MTGO. Is because MTGO right. is not. It's under Watsi, but it's not run as strict as Arena is now. Right. Um, and then the last bit of news, we got Dominary Remastered. Uh, it's coming out January 13th. Uh, that looks pretty sweet. It's all reprints from Dominaria. Uh, some spoiled ones so far are uh, Lyra Dawnbringer, Mystical Tutor, Mystic Remora, No Mercy, World Gorger Dragon, Birds of Paradise, Exploration, Worldly Tutor, Gauntlet of Power, Legacy Weapon, Urza's Incubator, Dark Depths, Maze of Ith, Force of Will, Vampiric Tutor, Sylvan Libraries. Those are all some sweet uh, commander cards. Is it going to be all the tutors then? Or yes. is it just those ones? Okay. So far, I've seen Vampiric, uh, Enlightened. Uh, worldly. The blue Mystic. one, Worldly, yeah. So I think they're all in there. That's and Gam- Gamble's in there too. So. Yeah. And, and Sylvan Library, hell yeah, that's a good card. Like, yeah. that's, that- that's OP. That's one of those cards that almost any time I build a green deck, it's in there. Yeah, that's yeah, a very good card to have. It's going to be a sweet way to pick up some reprints for cheaper. Definitely. So a lot of those are not cheap cards. Like so, yeah, it'll be nice to see. All right, moving on to our main topic here. We're going to tell you we're talking about advanced magic techniques and moves you can do. Um, so some things that might help you become a better magic player or just like, you know, the rules a little bit more might help you. And we have a magic judge to help explain some of it on why it works that way. <laughs> it helps a lot because <laughs> we are not always 100% correct when it comes to this kind of stuff. So uh, it's nice to have. <laughs> and even that being said, even though I am a judge, I still look up majority of these rules just to make sure. Cause they are, they can be extremely in depth. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, so the first one we got is understanding uh, the you may thing. So, like, the example they give is Somberwell Stag. Uh, when it enters, you know, you have, you may have it fight target creature you don't control, whereas Prey Upon says target creature you control fights creature you don't control. So, therefore, if you played, like, Prey Upon, they could then buff their creature, and then yours is going to die and theirs isn't. But if you played the Stag, and then in response to the trigger you know, you, it's going to fight, they can, and they buff their creature, you can then choose not to fight because it's a May ability. You can just decline to do so. Yep. Um, may build, but the other thing about May abilities is because it's optional and it's something that you want to do and you forget to do the trigger, you're out of luck. Um, so that's something to keep in mind with that. Uh, a real good example of that is the difference between Soul Warden and what was the other one? I was like, Essence Warden. Yeah, is it Essence? No, no, oh, that's, that's, that's just the green one. 
There's two. There's Soul Warden, and then there's a card just like Soul Warden, but it's May instead of you gain a life each time a creature comes into play. I can't remember what the other one's called, but yeah, that mm. burned a lot of people. Because <laughs> yeah, it's really easy to forget. A card that you probably see a lot in Commander nowadays, so it is a May ability, is Ristic Study 2. That one is a very yep. easy to miss one, and that's one people think that I have to draw. No, you do not have to draw that card. So, Yeah, and Ristic Study is really dirty too, so... Well, I love that card. <laughs> oh, so you want to pay the one? one you want to pay the one? <laughs> yeah, it's just ready to become annoying. Do you want to pay the one? Smothering Tide is worse. Yeah, Smothering Tide is awful too. Oh, yeah, every time they draw. <laughs> uh, another one here is uh, knowing when to respond to enter the battlefield triggers. Uh, so, say um, I play a vanilla creature. Like a 1-1, one, one, I can only respond to the Chaos Trigger. I can't respond to that entering the battlefield. But if I play a creature with a triggered ability when it enters the battlefield, I can then respond like so the other per- player can respond to that. So Correct. it's kind of weird. So like if, like, oh, I have a, you know ETB that this is going to, you know, I don't know, destroy whatever. Well, okay, well, I can still, you know, blow up your creature then versus letting you play it not responding at all correct so this ruling this one I, i'm going to go ahead and give you the rule spot on it it's 405 um is the entire rule on the stack that's going to be the best place to get this rule um and basically rule uh 405.1 this is kind of what directly involves that when a spell is cast the physical card is put on the stack um and you can also look at rule 601.2 um a which kind of explains the card itself on the stack um and when an ability Activated or triggered is it goes on the stack without the card associated to it, and that's where that double response time comes into play. Um, that's falls under that passive priority. So, if I cast a spell, um, let's say I cast, let's say I cast, uh, I have what's the little green two drop that is that came out in, um. The life gaining one that enters with uh, with a the one that enters that gives you a treasure token. Oh, oh sure. um. <laughs> I know what you're talking about though. Um, jewel but thief that or whatever. Oh well, we'll use, yeah, we'll use jewel, jewel thief. thief. Works, yeah. So whenever you cast jewel uh, thief, so before it enters the battlefield, it's going to go in this imaginary zone that's called the stack. The uh, your um, opponents or opponent or opponents, depending on what format you're playing have a chance to respond to the card before it enters the battlefield. Now, once it enters the battlefield, it's going to have its ability go on the stack separate from the card itself. So if someone wants to counter the ability or destroy the creature, um, they can. So that's two different instances where priority wraps around the table um, from one card entering the battlefield. But with the Jewel Thief, you know, it gives you a treasure token. Even if they blow up the creature, you're still getting that treasure token. So yeah, because they're only ca- they're only affecting the creature, not the effect that's on the stack. So to to stop them from to stop them from getting the treasure token, you would actually have to counter that. And there's only a handful of cards in Magic still that only counter abilities. Um, yep. Sublime Epiphany being rare. one of them. Yeah, or Stifle. Yeah, yeah. Stifle's the old one. <laughs> Sublime Epiphany is the broken one. <laughs> <laughs> Get six different effects off one six drop. 
that's pretty good. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this this uh, next one is one that actually might help you a lot when it does come up. It doesn't come up very often, but when it does, it would help you a lot because not a lot of people know you can do this. Uh, but it's you can overkill something. So say I have a six six, and you have three devil tokens that when they die, they deal one damage. Well, you're going to triple block my 6-6, six, six, hoping that I kill them all, and then you're going to deal three damage to my 6-6 six, six and kill it. I can technically deal all the damage to just one token if I want, so only the one dies, and then the other two live, which would save my 6-6 six, six then. Correct. That's that's one of those rules that Arena, if you go into Arena, and you, like if you're playing on Arena, you can set up the rules where you can designate your damage um, under your controls. But most people don't because it does a lot of the cheat through for you. Um, but whenever you're in combat, this is and this is why everyone says combat's the most complicated step in magic. Um, you have declare attackers, they declare their attackers, you have your declare blocker step, you declare your blockers, you put all three of them on there. Now the so the active player or the player attacking can designate what order the creatures are dealt the damage, and how much damage is dealt to them. Um, so even if you wanted to, you could do three to one, three to the other. You're still going to have your creature live. You're going to take out two of them. You're not actually going to lose your creature. They still only have one devil left. You can a- assign it however you want, or you can do five and one. You can assign that, but you have to declare it um, before damage is dealt. Like You have to specify what's going on before damage is dealt, so they're not thinking that's what's going to go on, because we tend to shortcut that step a little bit. Yep. Um, and that ruling, just uh, for face value, this is the closest I could find to it. I'm sure there's another one that's a little better, um, but I could not find it in the short time I had to look. Uh, was excess dam uh, was under rules two o four. Yeah, so ro- a rule uh, two o four uh, two one one twenty point four, um, and it's the damage and process, and it gives the four part sequence to the damage. Um, another one also is any kind of ruling over how turns and phases go into effect. Yeah, and turns and phases, honestly. Uh, so when I, uh, back when I used to play Legacy a lot, I used to play Death and Taxes. I, mean, I, I still do. I still have the deck. I just haven't played it in a while. That was a huge pet peeve of mine was when people would try to glaze over phase, like, phase endings and then and because like the whole point of death and taxes is to respond to their upkeep so that you can tap down their lands with like port or something and they'd always try to glaze over that into like their like untapped step like and they'd be like oh you, you know you you didn't say anything it's like no you gotta mention your your phases like if you don't mention your phases i can't respond and it was really annoying mm-hmm. <laughs> that happened and a like- few times that's one thing as a courtesy I, I recommend a lot of Magic players do is whenever they go into their turns, they, like the beginning of the upkeep saves, um, it's like, okay, up ta- untap, upkeep, draw. And I, I recommend people saying that. Even if they're experienced, I recommend saying it just so that your opponents have the opportunity to respond in effect to anything. Yeah. And that's the same thing with combat. I do recommend, okay, I'm going into combat. Yep. Okay, I'm declaring blockers. These are my, uh, or I'm declaring attackers. These are what I'm attacking with. Okay, I these always, are my I always go untap up, keep draw, untap up, or, or like entering combat. Like that's just good stuff to do because you almost make it a mantra. It just makes the game a little bit smoother for everyone, and it doesn't feel like someone's getting cut or cheated, and you don't have to do a lot of rewinding. 
Yeah, because that's yeah. always the worst. One one way you can uh, kind of combat that a little bit if they just go okay, they just draw, you know, right? As soon as they draw, you could say wait on your upkeep. I do this, mm-hmm. like, and that is on the other player side too. Because then it's on the other player, like, hey, you skipped your upkeep. I can do stuff here. So yeah, and yeah. that that's also another part of the ruling too is technically both players are responsible for the board state no matter what turn it is. So that is something that both players are responsible to make sure that they are in knowledge of what step and phases they're in. Yep. Yep. Uh, next little advanced thing we got here is uh, double strike doubles your combat deal damage triggers. So like blood mage vampire, if you give that double strike, uh, when it deals damage to a player, you put a one, one counter on it, you would actually get a one, one counter on it twice. Correct. And this, again, falls back into that combat step being complicated. And once you add first strike and double uh, double strike in there, yep. you have two damage steps at this point in time. Um, so in a traditional round of combat, it's just damage is dealt all at once. But whenever you get um, double strike in there, you have a pre-damage step. I'm going to say pre-damage step. That's not exactly how it's described, but I'm going to say pre-damage step or first damage step where the creature comes in and charges first, deals damage, and then you go into a second step that will deal the second round damage. So, like, um, one of my favorite cards came out with Zendikar is the uh, Angel of Destiny. Where her, oh, she's yeah. double strike, she's a 2-4, um, and it says whenever you deal damage, um, you your opponent gains, you and your opponent gain that much life. You're actually going to gain that twice. And if you have lifelink or any other effects, you're going to gain that twice. Yep. So, that's it's a very fun mechanic to look at especially if you're dealing a lot of combat yep um double strike a lot of people just think you know oh i just i just deal you know double the damage on like the the power it's like no no there's there's a lot more to it than that (laughs) yeah um and with double strike that one actually i uh i think i have the ruling here is five yeah five ten point four 510.4 510.4 goes into depth on double strike and first strike uh, whenever it comes to like attacking and blocking and what goes on with all that kind of stuff and priority and timing and damage and stuff like that. So if you want to look up that rule, four t- uh, 510.4, which you'll hear that number again later. <laughs> yeah, and then what kind of goes into that um, is the first strike can beat death touch. It could be a way to beat it because... Yep. Like double strike, same kind of thing. First strike, it's, it hits first, right? So the death touch doesn't even get a chance to hit them. Correct. The only way it would be able to deal damage is if their toughness happens to be higher than the original damage that was dealt. Yeah. But that's honestly strike, why. And that's honestly why a lot of like first strike or even double strike creatures have like lower toughness because a lot of times it doesn't matter because mm-hmm. they don't get hit anyway. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so like he was saying, but, um, I lost track where I was going to say, so we'll just leave that part out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then, uh, the next one is the fact that you, you can sacrifice in response after blocks are declared. So like if someone has a one, three, four life, like you can block. And then if it has a sacrifice ability to like search for a land, like secure a tribe elder or something, you can block. And then before damage sack that so that. The creature's still blocked, but they're not going to gain any life because they, there's no creature for it to deal damage to. Yep. Correct. And that one, uh, that ruling is actually going to be 120.3F. So basically what's happening is 
you've went past the point of declare blockers. Um, again, we're dealing with a lot of combat step here. <laughs> so you've walked past the point of uh, blockers. Um, they've assigned the damage. Well, you have a priority passing um, before damage is dealt. Uh, so you declare your blockers, they assign the damage, and then you press priority before damage is dealt. And that includes first strike damage and double strike damage, where you can go, hey, before damage is dealt, I'm going to sacrifice X creature to Ashnod's altar, altar or something other effect um, to remove it. The only, And then that creature, now it's assigned to attack this creature that's no longer existing. Um, it was a legal target at the time. Now it's no longer a legal target, but the card still is going to affect that way. Um, the only time that that damage would still be able to continue is if it happens to have trample because it was still trample through. Not a common combo, but it does happen. Yep. Yeah, and then the next one here is just basically as a defending player, you, w- you basically should know when you, like basically, if you do what we're saying and announce through your steps, you're not going to give away excess information then. No. Um, because you're going to only say what you need to say at the, each specific step time versus like if I, you know, cheat, right, and go, okay, I'm attacking you with everything. And then, you know, and so I skip the, enter combat phase, I skipped the whatever. It's like, well, at the beginning of combat, they technically could blow up my stuff or they could tap down my yeah. creatures. Mm-hmm. So if I skip ahead, they can immediately go away to combat and tap down what you, you know, they can kind of time walk backwards if they need to and do what they need to because I didn't give them the opportunity to do that. And then even, and that gets even more complicated if you're in something like Commander where you have multiple opponents because then it's just like, oh, I'm going to attack you. You know, it's just like, well, wait. Like when you enter combat, another person can, uh, can react. Or like if you said that you're, if you say you're entering combat, but not saying who, but not saying who you're attacking, which is what you're supposed to do, um, they might react and like blow up your board. But if you just say you're entering combat and you don't say who you're going to attack, they're obviously not going to react until they have to. So it's just yep. it's just good um it's just good etiquette to, you know, not skip steps whenever you can. Yeah, shortcuts can get you in a lot of trouble. <laughs> I've made that mistake a couple times just yeah, playing. I've learned show. that the hard way as well from yeah. a lot of years <laughs> like, of playing. I'm gonna swing with everything. Oh, before you do that, I'm <laughs> gonna play Cyclonic Rift. You know, yeah, yeah, it's like oh wow, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which Cyclonic Rift is a bad example because I could play that before damage is dealt. Anyways, but that was my example. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the the last like little tip thing on this about the combat is basically it's just saying that you should remove an attacker at the last possible chance, not necessarily, um, you know, so give them a chance to waste their pump spells. So like if if you're yeah. like okay but so remove it before damage you can wait that long versus removing it as soon as they attack. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm obviously if it has an attack trigger or something you'd want to remove it you know on the entering combat but <laughs> yeah yeah just because yeah, they might be like okay you assign no blocks okay before damage I'll kill it you know yeah instead of because they might go oh you assign no blocks let me pump it yeah it's like okay here plus ten plus ten. 
<laughs> you take like and, 15 damage. <laughs> and, and another thing you also want to watch out for in that regard too is because you got to keep in mind with Kamigawa being re-released, there's a lot of ninjutsu effects. So they may swing ninjutsu in and then they, nasty. And they could ninjutsu in a card that you don't want to touch you and you can respond to that ninjutsu. Right. So that is another effect. That's, that's kind of why you want to keep your – literally keep your, clo- uh, your choices close. Yeah. And the other thing about uh, – Speaking of ninjutsu, they can do that multiple times in one combat phase too, which is mm-hmm. silly. Even at the end of combat, <laughs> after damage is dealt, because you're still in combat. Yeah, yeah. it's it's the most like one of the most ridiculous keywords. <laughs> oh, but it's so much fun. <laughs> oh yeah, it's dirty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's actually I think there's an infinite uh, mana combo in um, Dominaria remastered because like you can use maze of if you're attacking creature that untaps three lands if you have threshold and so mm-hmm. you're just like okay because it has tap untap three lands so it's like okay i declare attacks and you know tap and then i untap it okay then i tap and then there's a way to un- there's another thing that untaps your land and then you just infinitely <laughs> so tap, stupid. Tap. it's like okay <laughs> them tap dances yeah uh. Um, and then some interesting things that I thought of that uh, is just some like smart magic plays is, you know, like, so a lot of people, they always, you know, default, I'm going to cast an instant, you know, on their end turn or when they attack me to kill their creature. Well, if they're playing blue or something and you have, you know, a doom blade, it's like, well, you might as well cast it on your main phase if you're going to cast it anyway before they untap if they're tapped out. Because like, why yeah. give them a chance to respond with a counterspell when you can just blow it up now yeah if you're if your opponents are tapped out that is the time to do like your big stuff because yeah they can't react and, like that's so just because it's an instant doesn't mean you have to play it at instant speed yep you play it at, Don't as, always play it speed instant speed to, if you need to. <laughs> yeah. so the the key thing with instant is when you have priority you can cast it doesn't matter if it's your opponent's turn your turn you know it doesn't matter in I've done that on Arena several times where I've had, uh, I think, Downfall or whatever it is. Is that the instant? Or Cut Down. Cut Down, which is the instant. And I'll be like, mm, you're playing blue. I don't like that creature. It's gone. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. bye. <laughs> um, Get and, out of here. You know, and the other thing is, too, is if you already have, like, if you have your plan turned out and you're like, okay, I'm already going to use this. Why wait? Why wait to use that mana? Your best thing to do is try to use your mana efficiently every turn. Um, and if you know they can counter it or there's a potential for counter, that's not an efficient way to use your mana. Um, so I always recommend when they're tapped out, that's when you really want to start playing your board wipes and stuff like that. Cause you know, you're protected. Yeah. yeah or your big creatures or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever you want to play. Unless you got Toski that's uncounterable. <laughs> yeah, there's that. I love that little Those score. Nice. <laughs> uh, some other things that you know you help you uh, pick up advanced moves is knowing uh, when to mulligan, right? So know your deck well, know the meta deck well. You know, know when you should mulligan and when you shouldn't. Uh, I mean, especially in like like legacy, right? Like if I'm playing my reanimator deck, I could mill down to two cards if I need to, right? And still make it work. Yeah, the main so the, the main thing there is that's something you you just have to learn. Like it's mull- like knowing how to mulligan and whatnot. Like it, it it varies from deck to deck, 
And it's just, you just have to learn how your deck plays, what your deck needs, how many lands that you need to start with. Like if you got a big mana curve, then you got to have lands in your hand. If you're, yeah, you're something like a reanimate deck, then yeah, you could almost run to like you start with like one or two and you're probably okay mm-hmm. uh you know or if you're really aggro like if you're playing like red aggro or something yeah you can probably start with one land in hand you'd probably be okay you'll 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 be fine <laughs> but if yeah, you're playing like red blue control like you probably want three or four lands in hand you know mm-hmm. and, and yeah so mulliganing that's one of my weakest points whenever it comes to playing i'm horrible at remembering when i should mulligan yeah um but like like they were saying, if you know your deck, um, play test it. Uh, I, I think it's MTG Goldfish that will allow you, allow you to put your deck in and you can do fake draws yep. and learn your mm-hmm. learn your draws, see the consistency of what you're doing. Um, and a lot of that just takes time uh, and knowledge. Uh, like I have a five-color uh, Ramos deck on Arena. I can start off as long as I have three mana. It doesn't matter what color it is. As long as I have three mana in my hand, I can usually do pretty decent. But like my Yorok deck, which is three three colors, I can start with two mana as long as I have a blue and a black to start. I'm ready to roll. Yep. So, and that, that's all based on that. And also you want to make sure that your mulligan hand or your hand that you have, at in my opinion, and this is opinionated, at the latest turn to do something, I recommend is two, turn two or three. You want to be able to do something at that turn um, at the latest, because chances are your opponents are going to be playing, especially if you're playing um, one of the older styles of for, uh, formats like Legacy, Historic, um, Commander. Uh, they might already have like a Soul Ring or Arcane Signet, and so now they're ramped out, and you're stuck on two mana, and you haven't done anything. Or you're stuck on three mana and haven't done anything. So the definitely try number, to make sure your hand has a curve in it as well. The number of times I've been stuck at like two mana or something like that is like the most demoralizing thing yep. ever. It's just like, oh my god. My <laughs> computer screen has heard more angry conversations because of that. <laughs> it's like I'll be sitting with my deck and I have like my commander out with nothing. And meanwhile, like Corey's got a fucking gigantic thing out. Someone's got Blightsteel out already. Someone else has like an <laughs> army of like dragons or something. I'm just sitting here like with nothing. I'm just like, oh, this is awesome. Sometimes in commander being mana screwed does benefit you because they're like, ah, you're not doing anything right now. And you can be like, mm, and then the build out of nowhere. So it can be helpful in a larger pod, but generally speaking. <laughs> yeah. That's if they're nice and don't kill you, <laughs> which is always <laughs> yeah. a 50 50. Yeah, and then uh, another thing I got down is, especially for, like, limited here, is just knowing card advantage. Uh, you always want to try and get a two-for-one on your cards or a one-for-one. Yeah. Um, you don't want to play a card. You don't want to have to two-for-one yourself, right? Or if you play a card that replaces itself, uh, that is also good. Like So, like, a card that comes in, then you immediately draw a card off of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like an Elvish Visionary, right? Like that's that's all that's betting you a board creature and you're replacing it in your hand. So you yep, still have Visionary is very, very good. Um, but you, it really sucks when you have to like group block to kill something because it's like, oh, I'm two for one yeah. myself to get rid of this. Like, but it's still necessary if it's something you really have to remove. But yep, and that's and that's the, kind of the funny thing is like Force of Will is one of the most powerful cards, but it's a two for one. Like you are two for oneing yourself to get rid of something, mm-hmm. uh, but you're doing it for free. That's it can definitely be hurtful if you're not ready. <laughs> yeah, it can hurt you. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then the thing here is what uh, Stacked was saying before the show here is uh, if you ever have two rules out at the same time, one that says you can't do something and one that says you can, the can't always supersedes that. Correct. So um, my my example is Azusa Lost But Seeking. Her ability says you can play two lands per turn or two other uh, two more lands per turn. Um, and I can't think of the counter card to her, but if the other, if the counter card's on the battlefield that says you can't play more than one land per turn, the can't is always going to be what you follow. Um, even if Azusa hit the battlefield second, time stamping does not matter at that point. You're looking at static abilities and effects. Yep. That's one way to turn off Azusa decks, the landfall decks, is definitely get them to where they can't put play more than one land per turn. So, and that's a little caveat there. <laughs> Cut off landfall. Yeah, that can go crazy quick if you're not careful. So, yeah, it's good to know. So. All right. Well, that's all uh, I got for today. You guys have any last thoughts or anything you want to chime in with? Um, I think uh, the biggest thing is magic is like I've I've I think I'm sure I've said this before uh, is a game that's fairly easy to wrap your head around like when you're first learning like the mechanics and stuff, but it's it's hard to master all of the like how all the rules work together how the stack works how like you know all you know there's it's it's a very complex game um and it's it's just you just have to play like don't get frustrated if you're new and you're like trying to figure it out like you just gotta you know just keep just keep playing and you will eventually figure it out (laughs) it's just a lot of like trial and error and a lot of like you know it's it's just learning experiences like that's how we all get here is years of messing up, you know, combos and messing up how cards work and all that stuff. Yeah. The more, and the more you lose, the better you get. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, this is one of the few games where losing actually benefits you. Cause you can go, Hmm, well, how did I lose? Well, that effect killed me. Okay, cool. So I know what to look for next time. Um, yep. And one other thing I do recommend, if even if you're not a judge, there's an app that I use. It's called MTG Judge Core V2. Um, that's how it's called on Samsung. I think it's called a little bit different, or on Android. I think it's called a little bit different on Google Play, but you should be able to search that and find it. Um, and it gives you a search for every rule, every keyword, every evergreen word, uh, how steps and phases works. It breaks everything down to a detail, um, and you can search for it exactly. So, like... Um, for enter the battlefield, you just t- search triggers and you look for the one that says enter the battlefield. You can figure out those rules and how those rules are exactly broken down. Um, another thing is the gatherer is a good website to use for like specific yeah. card rulings. Um, there was that one that came out with uh, Crimson Vow, the blood token dude that got errated, um because the way the card was originally written was like he get, kept the plus one plus uh, the plus one plus oh. There's no counters for that, so it would have been really difficult to keep up with. It was originally supposed to be it till the end of turn that wasn't put on the card. That's also where you can keep up with errata, such as Aristic Study got its ruling changed from may play this or from you may cast this card to play this card or play this card to cast this card because you can't play lands or something like that. I can't remember exactly how it was. Or no, it was changed from cast from play to cast because people were playing lands. You can play a land, you don't get the trigger off the landfall. Yeah. Um, and that's a good place to keep up with the ratted cards and rulings on the specific card. Yep. Just, it's just a lot of nuanced stuff like that. Uh, yeah. And it's like, 
the things like difference between play cast uh difference between like suspend and and just you know there's like you know all all sorts of different like little like word you know keyword differences that mm-hmm. are a big deal because they mean very different things and mm-hmm. yeah it's just stuff you gotta learn yeah it's part of the and game <laughs> some of the mechanics you probably will never run into it also depends on where you're at because i know like here one mechanic that i run into a lot is uh morph not yep. common everywhere else but it's extremely popular down here for some reason <laughs> and that's one of those mechanics i'm constantly going how does morph work how does morph work because it's different there's morph and then there's also um manifest manifest and they're two yeah. different mechanics so and they can Morph's get confusing if you don't know exactly which one you're talking about yep yeah and so. uh that's why most pretty much every event i think or most have a uh, judge there for you to call so you can always ask them questions in the middle of the game if you need to. Yeah. You can even say, like, hey, come over here and kind of whisper to them if you don't want to give away what you're thinking to your opponent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, hey, does this work how I think it does? <laughs> and every judge should have some kind of app on their phone for rules questions like that. And the other thing is is the judge have a, the judges have a Discord that we use. So if we run into problems, we will always be able to find the answer from another judge that is knowledgeable. So you will always have a true ruling. Even if you don't feel comfortable with it, we can always ask other judges, even if we're a single judge in an event. Um, so th- there is no, you don't have to be comfortable. And that's that's one thing that we try to do is make sure that everything is the same across the board between one judge to another. And uh, say someone wants to get into judging, how would you go about doing that? So first thing I'm going to recommend is you go to judgeacademy.com and you make yourself an account um, and start going through the um, the application, uh, not the application, through the schooling process, get your rules advisory. Um, a rules advisory isn't really recognized as much in Magic the Gathering. It used to be more so back in the day, but not so much today. Um, and also get on your social media platforms, Facebook, um, sometimes Twitter will have them and look up judges and uh, judge groups within your area. So you can find yourself an L2. You might not be able to find a local one, but find yourself an L2. Start talking to him or her or them um, to find out. And they will, my like my L2 that I talked to, he was asking me questions like, how does this work? How does this work? Because they have to sponsor you to get, uh, to be able to take the final exam to get your L1. Um, so the earlier you can start finding yourself an L2 and get comfortable with them, the better. Yep. It's but like a also mentorship thing, basically. Do what? It's like a mentorship, basically. Just kinda... that, that's exactly what it falls under. Yep, and then you get all them sweet it. judge promos. Oh, the sweet judge promos. promos. <laughs> well, and you some not pretty shiny. Good, but, you know. <laughs> <Another> shiny. <laughs> uh, Stacked, it was uh, great to have you on again. Uh, yeah. We had you on in episode three, and now again on episode 31 here. Um, yeah, so if you're uh, if you're a newer player to Magic, uh, definitely check out episode three because that's where we go over like the basic rules of Magic. So if you're like wanting to understand how the game works, definitely go there. Um, this was obviously more for more advanced players. Um, so yeah, yeah. And uh, Stack, if people want to find you online, how can they do so? So best way to find me online is. Uh, Twitter right now, and it's going to be real underscore stacked TCG. Um, 
I do stream on Twitch. I haven't been on in a while, um, but you might be able to catch me again there on Twitch here soon, um, playing some more Magic and probably Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh as well, because that's why my name is TCG, <laughs> not just Stacked MTG, because yeah. I play and I try to. I'm learning to judge for all TCGs I can get my hands on. Awesome. Uh, yeah, um, Corey and I uh, have played Yu-Gi-Oh in the past as well. Um, that is a fun game as well. Um, never got as much into Pokemon, but <laughs> that was oh, yeah, a little I, more I, weird. I so. played it when it first came out. Like now, I'm just like, okay, yeah. this game seems busted because I can just draw seven right away. That's <laughs> <laughs> Oak. Like what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's crazy cards that are just in the game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I know Pokemon right now. I, the only reason I want the Pokemon Judge license right now is because they're called professors, and like I just want to be a professor. Like, don't get me wrong. Call me Judge everywhere else, but in Pokemon, it's professor. Like, that's, that's awesome. what I want. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks so much for joining us. This was great, um, and uh, thank you so much, everybody, for watching us. We'll see you guys next time. See you I appreciate y'all having me back. Hell yeah.